0: Welcome everyone to God Talk Uncensored, where no topic is off-limits, we use the Bible as a source of truth, and everything we share is from our personal experiences and the Bible. All right, let's do this. Welcome back to God Talk Uncensored. I've got a great show planned for today. So if you didn't listen to last week, I implore you, do that. I'm going to kind of piggyback a little bit on that topic from last week, but this particular one is about excuses, excuses, excuses. What is your excuse? So ironically, these men and women of the Bible who were uh, amazing and did all of these really cool things like Moses, who we're going to talk about, they didn't start out that way. Most of the people in the Bible didn't start out being amazing. They actually were uh, responding to what God was uh, placing on their heart, and then they became amazing. They partnered with what God wanted to do in their life, and then their life became exactly what God had planned for them all the way from the beginning. So this is, this is the interesting thing. Every single one of us has a story. We all have a story. And if we look at our past and we look at all the things that have taken place and, and all the, the, the various difficulties that we've had, they all are leading up to something. And when we are uh, following God and we are in Christ— those things from our past are, are um, teaching us.'re they're, they're setting a, a stage and a platform for what God is uh, doing and what He is about to do in you and through you. And so I want to show you that in the Bible because everything that we do on this show, comes from the word of God and it applies directly to our personal lives. The word of God is living and active, sharper than a double-edged sword. That's what the Bible says. So, because it's alive, it can it can inform, it can teach, and it can guide today. So, here's the thing. Moses, if you start reading the book of Exodus in the very beginning just 3 Four chapters. You're gonna get all the meat and potatoes, but let me give you the background. So the Israelites, uh, they 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 came uh, when there was a famine. Joseph, their uh, brother, who they sold in slavery, right? Which I explained last week they get to uh, Egypt and they settle in uh, Goshen, the best part of the land of Egypt. And when they did that, they just got comfortable. You know, they they were uh, there. They weren't necessarily supposed to stay. Um, they left the promised land that God had said was theirs uh, because of a famine. And they went to where their brother had invited them to. Uh, And they just stayed and they overstayed. And so they became wealthy. They became productive. And then the Pharaoh that blessed them to be there passed away. And the new king, the new Pharaoh was like, I don't know who these people are. And I have no relationship here. <clears throat> Started to treat them very poorly and made them into slaves. Okay. So they're now slaves in Egypt for 400 years, right? And in that time, there was um, uh, just the outcry of the people were like, "We, this is horrible and we need help. So... Pharaoh got scared that at some point, if another kingdom would rise up against uh, him, that what would happen was all of these Israelites would side with the other kingdoms. So he thought the best course of action was, let me start killing off all the, baby, the male babies. Because as they get older, they could be the strength that comes against me. So if you remember the story of Moses, Moses' mother hid him for three months. And in the third month, she didn't know what to do, so she made a basket, and she uh, ended up putting him in the Nile River. Now, Aaron, uh, you know Moses' um, sister followed him in the basket, and ironically, the basket goes right up to the Pharaoh's daughter. And the Pharaoh's daughter, you know, has compassion and takes the boy in. And um, and then Moses's sister, who's literally following, following the basket, says from the reeds or whatever on the river, oh my gosh, I know somebody that can nurse the baby, right? And so the Pharaoh's daughter is like, that sounds like a great idea. Yes, yes, let me find a, 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 a nurse for the baby. And so Moses gets nursed by his own mother, right? So you see God's hand at work the whole time. And so Moses' mother got, got him back and was able to nurse him until he grew up and was weaned, and then uh, Moses went to go live as an Egyptian uh, in you know the the in the Pharaoh's household. So he gets uh, trained up in all the ways of Egypt. He obviously speaks a different language. He speaks uh, Egyptian. He also speaks Hebrew, but probably only until he was weaned, he only knew so much of it. So, long story short, what ends up happening is he gets old enough to where He's cruising around, and um, he sees an Egyptian slave driver uh, beating one of the Israelites. And so, out of his rage, he he kills the he kills the Egyptian, and then buries him under the sand. So the next day, he comes out and he sees these two fellow Israelites fighting with each other. And as they're fighting with each other. Uh, you know, he says, brothers, why are you doing this? Stop, stop doing this to one another. And they respond to him. Why are you going to, you know, kill one of us like you did the Egyptian? He freezes, he gets scared and he runs off. Right. And um, he he runs away and Pharaoh finds out and decides to uh, kill him or go after him to kill him. So Moses is now on the run. He runs off and he gets to um, a place called Midian where he ends up living and staying. And he marries uh, he marries a Midianite woman, Zipporah and she and um, Jethro. Or there's a couple names for the father, but uh, anyways, Rule or Jethro, and um, his father-in-law, and he ends up becoming and living there for forty years until you know, while and he's just he's a he's a shepherd. Which is detestable to the Egyptians, and he grew up, you know, as an Egyptian. So he he has this upbringing as a training ground. He has this 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 miraculous childhood, um, much like uh, many of our stories. You know, we none of us were probably put in a basket down a river, but I'm sure we have been rescued. We have been. Uh, uh, channeled in a way that we are have been brought into a place of, of safety where we've been brought back into a fold where we um, you know we, we were in a training ground and so Moses now is in uh, Midian for 40 years right so he's about 80 years old at this point everybody knows the story of the burning bush And so God all of a sudden starts to speak. It says the angel of the Lord appeared to him and then God started to speak. And so this is where this is where it gets interesting, right? Excuses, excuses. Here we go. So uh, let's go to Exodus chapter three, Uh, verse two. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Now we're going to jump down. Yeah, to verse seven. So the Lord says, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the land of of the Egyptians and bring them out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. So on and so forth. Okay, here's what's interesting. God says, I've come to set them free. Verse 10. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. The New Testament says that we are co-laborers with Christ, which means that God chooses us to to, uh, act and to obey on his behalf. And so what God was doing was was choosing Moses— and I believe that there are many Moseses. You are a Moses. I believe there are many people who are called and not everybody is responding. As a matter of fact, most of us make excuses. Moses was no better. And so this is Moses's response to God saying, I'm choosing you to be the guy. And God is persistent, by the way and he's graceful, and he's caring, and he wants to work with us to do his bidding. Some of us resist, 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 and then I think eventually God moves, uh, moves on to someone else. Now, that doesn't mean that your calling is is null and void matter of fact it says that god's gifts and his call are irrevocable so when we turn to him and we decide that we're gonna respond to him he he's not he hasn't taken that away just because we didn't do it uh in the timing that you know uh that he was asking from us now we may not necessarily be the deliverer but maybe there's a different area of calling that God's going to work us into and we're going to see that but let's just look at the excuses okay so this is what this is what Moses says when God is telling him you're my guy I'm going to save the people you're going to go and do it here we go but Moses verse 11 but Moses said to God who am i that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt. He didn't get it. He didn't know his identity. He wasn't aware of who God called him to be. He was completely lost in his own thinking of, I'm a guy that was on the run. I am now just a shepherd. My old life was gone. I'm no longer anybody. Except God. But God. So then God says, right, I will be there with you. So God's saying, like, I, I've got your back. I'm involved in this thing. I promise you I'm going to be there with you. Moses says to God, well, suppose I go to the Israelites <laughs> and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me, and they ask me, what is his name? So now he's trying to say, like, uh, you know, you got to be more clear if this is something that you really are asking me to do. And this is where we get, "I am who I am," or "I am," uh, or just "I am." I am sent me. So this isn't the this isn't the only time. Like right? this is a pattern, and so Moses is having this this dialogue where he's trying to like find a way to to not do the thing that God's asking him to do. Okay, uh, chapter four. Verse one, Moses answers, "What if they don't believe me or listen to me and say, The Lord didn't appear to you like what if people what if you come and tell people, God is with me, and he's asking me to do something but that your thinking is people won't believe me they're not gonna they're not gonna respond they're gonna just believe that I'm full of it, a burning bush right Okay, he does it one more time. Check this out. Then Moses says, okay, now the excuses start to ramp up because he's probably struggling with some anxiety and some fear in this. Then he says, right, verse 10, Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow to speech and tongue. So now he's like, look, I don't even know if the gift that you're, you're calling me to, if it's something in my wheelhouse that I'm capable of doing. I don't know that this is something that, that I have skills to do. This is what God says. Who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak and I will teach you what to say. So Moses is basically getting shut down. God's like, look, I told you I've got to. I want you to do the thing. You need to move forward. Here's Moses. But Moses says, pardon your servant, Lord, but please send someone else. He's just, now he's just like getting to the brass tacks. He's just, I don't want to do it. Send someone else. Bottom line is, God is compassionate and graceful, and he allows for Moses to to partner with his brother in uh, the, the speech area. And I think, and I think it's a theological thing, but I think part of it was Moses is being called to go and speak to the uh, Israelites. And he speaks fluent Egyptian, but he probably struggles with, uh, you know, with with speaking Hebrew. And uh, I was like, I'm slow to speak. I don't know. Some people said maybe he had a stutter. Bottom line is this. God sends helpers. He wants us to say yes to him. He wants us to, to partner with him. He has a plan for your life. He has a plan for my life. That's what it comes down to. And so here's the little story about me. So for... Since I was 18, I knew that the Lord had called and, and gifted me to, uh, to teach and preach and to, to share and to um, do what I'm actually doing now. I actually really enjoy doing this. I don't get a whole bunch of you know, views and likes on YouTube, but here's the thing. It's not up to me. I'm being responsible to my calling. God said to do this, and, uh, and I'm doing it. So I guess here's a quick plug. Thumbs up subscribe and like, right? Like do the thing. But if you don't, whatever, I'm doing what God told me to do and I'm being obedient because this is the platform that he's chosen to allow me uh, to use. And so ironically, I heard the other day, somebody was like, oh no, I listened to you on Spotify. And somebody else was telling me how they listened to me on Apple, uh, you know, Apple podcasts. I'm like, okay, maybe I'm getting those, you know, listeners on, on other channels. But but that's really not the point. The point is this: if I listen to my own voice tell me that people aren't listening, nobody cares. I'm not eloquent. I'm not worthy. I don't have what it takes, whatever that is. Then I'm not going to step into what God's asked me to do. And uh, and so, baby, stuff. he he's you know this platform. He's um, you know he sent me a- an errand. Right, I mean, if you know the story of Moses, Moses's brother Aaron became the spokesperson for a little while, and then all of a sudden, you no longer see that. All of a sudden, Moses rises to the occasion, and he's doing exactly what God called him to do in the first place, and he no longer, you know, needed needed that that uh, that assistance. I just think it's ironic how uh, the Bible is so abundantly clear about how we are. Uh, to respond how we are to just obey abraham go to the land i'm gonna tell you to go abraham's like okay he packs his bags he doesn't know where he's going he just starts to go right you you, you just this pattern this pattern of just showing up and being obedient nothing holds you back in, in the case of, I mean, a lot of us, we have horrible pasts, right? Divorce, (laughs) drugs, baby mamas, kids from, you know what I mean? Everybody just, there's messiness in life, uh, incarceration charges. I don't know. I don't know what your thing is. Um, but it doesn't matter. You didn't kill anybody probably. And if you did, That you're not the only one. And, uh, you know, I mean, you probably need to be incarcerated, I guess. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe whatever. The point of it is that God chooses people who have shady pasts and have colorful circumstances. Uh, He did this for Moses. He did this throughout the entirety of the Bible. And, and he, he can do it and he does do it in you and he wants to do it in you and through you. That's really what it comes down to. You know, I was, uh, I was talking about like the, the brothers of Joseph, right? The 12 tribes of Israel. So that is, you know, Jacob had 12 sons, you know, one of his sons, um, There was a time that he was about to die and he started blessing and calling out his kids and talking about their futures. And one of them slept with his stepmother, right? Literally, it said, you know, uh, defiled his father's bed with his wife. And so just nasty. I think the point is that God is at work in all of the dirt, and he's a good God. He forgives. He loves. He likes to restore. He loves to see people rise up and out of wherever it was that they were stuck, and um, he loves to see people step into the gifting and the calling that he has, has had on their life since they were born, since you were born you have that and stuff might've got in the way. And I get that. I mean, I was hooked on drugs and, and, uh, practicing alcoholic for a long time, you know, and I, and I believed I was a believer. Um, I was a Christian. I, I wasn't doing this, you know, cause I was, I was in slavery. I was in bondage but when i got set free and and now I, not only am i free i've stayed free for you know a, re, a really long time and uh but i've only been able to do that because of jesus because of what he has done on my behalf he he had a call he says i'm going to do this and i'm going to choose to use you to walk this out together so if you don't know jesus you, you just I get it. None of us did in the very beginning, and we had to make the first step. And the first step was, God, I need your help. I need you to forgive me. I need you to transform my life. I believe that you died on my behalf. Send me your Holy Spirit to work in me, to change me. And if you've been one of those other people who you know you have a calling and you just keep making excuses. Stop it! Just stop it, right? I, I, you need to just stop it. I did the same thing. We we do this thing in our mind where we say, well, when I'm this old, I'll do, I'll stop doing that, or when my kids are this age, or when I make this much money, then I will, and then I will. It's just excuses, right? I didn't realize it. I really thought it was planning, but planning becomes excuses. When God's saying to do something, you need to do it. You need to get off your butt and you need to get it done and you need to make it happen. This happened to me when I went back to school to get my degree in pastoral ministries. I kept saying when my kids are this old or when I have this money and God was saying, no more excuses. Now is the time. And I said, okay, then you're going to, I'm going to take these steps of faith and you're going to provide and you're going to make it happen. And he did. And so he's asking for us to do the next thing. What is your next thing? What is your next thing find it respond to it give god your yes god bless you guys thank you everyone for tuning in to god talk uncensored we appreciate your support and until next time god bless you